Hello, and welcome to the Calvary Road Baptist Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Shirley, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen. Each week, we will be releasing sermons and studies delivered directly from the pulpit at our church. Our goal with this podcast from Calvary Road Baptist Church is to make the gospel and sound biblical preaching more available to a wider audience. We hope that these sermons will be a blessing and an encouragement to you each week. As the scripture reads in Psalm 119 and verse 116, Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Now, let's hear from God's word. Psalm 124 is just eight verses. Excuse me, we're going to read these eight verses together. We'll ask the Lord to bless the sermon this morning. Psalm 124 and verse number 1 says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Our Father in heaven, God, we thank you for another day. God, we thank you for another year. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for for the blessed opportunity to be in church this morning. God, I'm so thankful for this church. God, thank you, Lord, for bringing us together, myself, my family, and all of these people, Lord, uh, under your name this morning. We're here today, God, as brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, those who are saved. And God, we are so thankful, Lord, for the opportunity, God, just to come before you, Lord. We're so thankful for your many blessings. And God, we pray today if you would help me, God, help me to deliver this word, Lord, to these people as you've delivered it to my heart. Help me, Lord, God, to have a fervency of spirit today. God, fill me, Lord, with the power of the Holy Ghost and give me the authority of the word of God and use me today, God, to be a help to that one that needs help this morning. God, use me as a willing vessel, Lord, to deliver your word, God. It is pure and perfect, Lord. I know it is. It's faultless, God. And God, I'm so thankful for your Bible. God, I pray this morning, help us, God, to hear what you've got to say, to be changed thereby. We love you. We need you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I love this psalm. This is one of my favorite psalms in all of the book of Psalms. Uh, It has been for many years as a young man, uh, I heard... A sermon preached from this passage. My dad preached it on a Sunday morning uh, at our church. I don't know how old I was. I may have been a teenager. I may have been younger. <clears throat> but I remember as he began to uh, go into this that before he could even finish reading the passage that morning, uh, the, the, the Spirit of God was so strong that people began to shout. They began to stand and raise their hands and cry. And people were going to the altar. And all he did was read the words off. That the Lord moved in such a strong way as the church began to consider this truth that if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then we would have been swallowed up quick. 
What, what a powerful <clears throat> phrase this is. And if you look there in your Bible, you'll see that this psalm is a psalm of degrees, one of 15 psalms here in this part of your Bible uh, that are called a song of degrees. And this is one uh, from David. He was the author of this psalm. And oftentimes these psalms of degrees are, are considered, and, and many people have different ideas about what they're for. Some believe <clears throat> that that song of degrees, it, it refers to a going up. And some believe uh, that these are psalms that they would sing or recite as they were going up to Jerusalem as men would have to do certain times during the year. Uh, there are a few other ideas about maybe what that means. But regardless, I think the meaning of the text is pretty clear. The meaning of the text is quite clear here as we read through it and, and we see how it, it, it's not some great hidden truth that needs to be uh, exposited. Rather, it is a plain and simple and straightforward truth, and that is this. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then we would have been swallowed up quick. <clears throat> the first thing we see that I want to point out, what I want you to think about here, really as I was reading through this recently, and the Lord struck my heart with it. He struck my heart there in verse number 4, where it says this, Then the waters had overwhelmed us. That word overwhelmed, to overwhelm something means to <clears throat> overspread or crush beneath something violently, something weighty that covers or encompasses the whole as to overwhelm with waves, to immerse, to bear down in a figurative sense as to be overwhelmed with cares, afflictions, or business. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Now, I've been overwhelmed physically. I've had what it just described there. I, I've felt the feeling, if you've ever been in the ocean and swimming or anything, when the, when the tide is coming in, I have felt what it means for the waves to physically overwhelm you and to pick me up all 280 pounds or whatever of me and throw me, uh, I mean, like I'm a rag doll. I've experienced that. The pure strength of nature, of this world that God has created. We've seen it recently. The overwhelming power of things outside of our control. Amen. As last night and, and, and yesterday, and, and, or not last night, but Friday night and yesterday, as many people in our area especially were hunkered down because of the storms after what just happened a couple weeks back. And how, how overwhelming it can be to realize that at the end of the day, so many things are completely outside of your control. But I've also experienced that overwhelming, encompassing, pressing down weight of cares and afflictions. I've experienced that feeling where I felt like I was going to be crushed under the weight of what was on my soul, of what was on my heart. Overwhelmed with fear. Overwhelmed with sorrow. Overwhelmed with depression or cares and concerns and worry. Amen. Y'all ever worry? Say, well, the Bible says be careful for nothing. That's right, it does. We're not supposed to worry, but do you ever worry? Because I do. Sometimes I worry. And I have to go to God, and, and sometimes, you know, especially at night, because the darkness is, that's the devil's playground, I suppose. But especially at night sometimes. There's been times in my life where at night I've been overwhelmed. I wake up in the night and something is just overwhelming me, or I lay down at night and I can't go to sleep because I'm, 
I'm filled with care and I'm filled with worry and I'm filled with fear and I'm, I'm filled with sorrow and it's like an ocean pressing down on me. In this passage here, David, he begins his psalm with an exclamation of praise in verse number 1. Where he says, very simply, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, David, being of Israel, spoke for Israel, and he's saying this, hey, if it hadn't been the Lord who was on our side, and then he paused and said, now y'all need to say this with me. All y'all need to understand what I'm saying, and all of y'all need to get on the same page with me, because what I'm about to say is a fact, and it's true, and we need to acknowledge it. If it had not been God, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, and that's particularly true for Israel, who spent much of their life, as you read the Old Testament, in war. And in war, generally, there are at least two opposing sides. And whichever side God was on was the side that was going to win. If God be for us, who can be against us, right? And if God was going to get involved, the team that had God on it was going to be the winning team. That's just the way it was going to be. Some of you may have experienced at times in your life at at school, different places where you'd have a uh, sports, you'd have like basketball game or or kickball or God forbid dodgeball. Man, I hated dodgeball. So why? Easy target. Yeah, my primary goal in dodgeball was not to dodge, it was to catch. Because there was just not going to be any dodging. I am not that quick and I am large. An easy target. There, you know, some would duck behind me, in fact, during dodgeball. Hide, hide behind the big guy. Hallelujah. And when you pick dodgeball and you, you're thinking you got the first pick, you want to pick the guy or the girl that's out there right then that you know, they're my best shot at winning this. Israel won so many battles, and they won so much, and they became, uh, they became so great and such a, such a powerful nation in their time and in their prime because God was on their side, and that's it. It was not because they were the greatest military minds. It was not because they had the greatest uh, number of, of soldiers. In fact, that was rarely the case. They were the underdogs. They're the epitome of the underdog. And yet they won battle after battle after battle, and they had the kingdom that God gave them. And they, they, I mean, they were rich. They were blessed. They had fruit they didn't plant, cities they didn't build. Amen. Why? Because God was on their side. And when David said, now may Israel say, here's what he's saying. Has God not been on our side? Has God not blessed us? You better believe that it's not got anything to do with you. Amen. And the same is true for you. And the same is true for me. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights. That's what the Bible tells us. That every good thing in your life comes from God. So you better wake up and realize that. Amen. The moment that you go, look what I've done. Oh, you're on dangerous ground. The moment you step back and you look at that nice car. That nice house, or this happy family, or that Christmas morning, all those gifts, or or that great spread of a meal, and you think, look what I did, look what I prepared, look what I worked for, look what I have done. The moment you get there, you're in trouble. But you better be saying, man, if it hadn't been for God. Can I tell you this morning, if it hadn't been for God, there'd be no Calvary Road Baptist Church this morning. Amen. And I'm not just talking about all the way back at the cross. Sure. 
If it hadn't been for the cross, there'd be no Christian, and there'd be no Christianity, there'd be no salvation if it hadn't been for the cross. But I'm talking about yesterday. I'm talking about two weeks ago when those tornadoes tore through much of our state. Amen. If it hadn't been for God and His mercy, where would you be? It's an exclamation of praise and an understanding that if it had not been for God, that, that one thing we've got to know from the very beginning is every good and blessed and joyous moment that we have in this life is a direct result of God's grace and His mercy. Not only do we see an exclamation of praise, but we see an explanation of peril throughout this chapter. David, he says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. David is speaking about a destructive danger in verses two and, or in verse 2 and 3. He speaks about these men who would set out with this goal that they would destroy Israel from off the face of the earth. Amen. They would march on their cities and they would march against them in war and they would uh, plan and, 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 and try to do everything they could to destroy them and to wipe them off the earth. Y'all do know that all the neighboring uh, cities and all the neighboring kingdoms around Israel would have loved nothing more than to wipe them off the face of the earth. They were a thorn in the side of all the wicked nations of the world. And when all, when all those men would kindle up their wrath against them, there were plenty of times when Israel looked around and said, We're doomed. There are many of them and few of us. How are we going to do this? Here is Israel standing there in the valley, and here comes this big giant Goliath, and he's talking a big name, and the king and all the king's mightiest men are sitting around going, well, are you going to go? No. Are you going to go? No. Is the king going? No. Well, I, I, let's, I'm just not going to do anything until he does something. They were doomed. And they had one free shot at winning the whole war. And they were all too afraid to do so. You know why? Because when men would kindle their anger against Israel, Israel knew something. They couldn't do anything. They faced those Philistines there, and they realized they had no power to overcome them and to beat them, which is why God sent a little boy with a sling and five smooth stones who took the enemy's sword and cut his head off. Why? Because he said, is there not a cause that we serve the one true God? And he is a great God. And he is able to deliver him into my hand. And guess what he did? Just that. Because when men kindle their anger against us, there's times when we look around, and I'm going to be honest, I think, what's going to happen? Right now in Canada, they have shut churches back down again. They've done it over and over again. Canada's been pretty harsh on churches. They've arrested pastors and put them in jail. And there are many churches that this morning are meeting in secret in Canada, hoping that the government doesn't find out where they're at in 2022. Why? When men anger their, when they kindle their wrath against us, the truth is, if God don't do something, they could swallow us up. They could. Now, you know, you say, well, not me, bless God. Maybe you. You might be pretty big, but there's always somebody bigger. And when you stand against the wrath of the world and the anger of men in your own strength, you know what you're going to find out? Your strength is not enough. So, I, 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 bless God, ain't nobody as tough as I am, and ain't nobody got as many guns as I got or whatever. I got a bunker. 
I could live for 100 years in my bunker. Well, eventually, you'll run out of food. Eventually, you'll die. Your strength is so small. Amen? My, I mean, sometimes I just get out of bed in the morning, and my back says, nope. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. You try to push through, and you go through it. Amen? Me and Brother Marty was talking the other day. He told me about a day he dislocated something in his toe. Ruined his whole day. Your toe. Isn't it crazy what one bad toe can do? The just smallest thing in your body says no, and suddenly all that strength, all that iron you've been pumping, all those marathons you've been running, they ain't doing you no good, and you're on your back because of one little pinched nerve, and your leg don't work. What are you going to do? What are you going to do against the wrath of man through your strength? The truth is this. There's nothing you can do. Eventually, your strength's going to run out. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get overwhelmed. You'll get overwhelmed. He said this, they'll swallow us up quick. And when I read that word swallow, I immediately am reminded of the account of Korah. Y'all remember Korah, the book of Numbers? How that he rose up against Moses and said, who, who, who woke up and made you the leader of all Israel? Who did that? I, I'm better than you and we're all as good as you are and we're going to take over. And Moses said, you know what? I didn't do this. And God said, step back, Moses. Moses told him, he said, this is what the Lord said. If you die in a way like any man's ever died, well, then then God wasn't on my side. But if you die in a way, if God punishes you and God does something and kills you in a way that has never happened before, then God's with me. And then the earth opened up, it says in Numbers chapter 16, said the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. You think there was anything they could have done? Where could they have gone that the earth couldn't get them? There's nowhere to go. And they were overwhelmed swallowed up. And David said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men kindled their anger, their wrath against us, then they had swallowed us up quick, he said. It had been over before we knew it. We see the danger. He said a destructive danger. He's talking about and the explanation of the peril. We see a destructive danger. We see a, a drowning danger in verses 4 and 5. Said this, then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. For our anniversary this year, my wife and I, we took uh, an afternoon and we went kayaking for a day, for a, day, for a couple hours. And, and uh, we were going, we talked to a few different people who do it. <clears throat> and I talked to a, a close friend of mine who had been, uh, and he went and they did like, you know, rapids and whitewater rafting and stuff like that and did a big thing. And he was telling me how that one of the biggest things that their tour guide told them is if you fall out of the floating device, the last thing you ever need to do is stand up. Now that doesn't make sense, does it? Because I'm going to be honest, when I fall, and I'm first thing I'm going to try to do is get my footing. But that's the worst thing you can do. Because when you're in a fast-moving and overwhelming stream like that, you try to put your feet down, and your foot gets hung on a root or a stone or debris. That overwhelming force will immediately push you under, and if it gets your foot good enough, it'll hold you under until you're drowned. So they tell them, do not stand up until you get to slow water. That's a scary thought, isn't it? My father-in-law had recently gone just before us and almost died. It was the craziest to hear him tell a crazy story, and you know we heard all these things, and of course, we, were, we didn't go anywhere crazy. You know, we were like, well, we obviously need to stay away from white water, period. But the fact is, those waters are so powerful. 
It's a strong force. In fact, where it says the proud waters here, another word that we would often use to refer to waters is boisterous, which is another word for proud, loud, and rising up. Amen. That word proud waters going over the soul. It's referring to like a, like a winter stream, like what many of you have seen this morning probably on the way here after the rains we had yesterday when the waters go up beyond their banks and they begin to take things into the water that shouldn't be there. Amen. Flooding, going through and wiping out things and destroying homes and destroying this and taking out chunks of the road. and It's just incredible what water can do when it becomes proud. And in our lives, those waters and those things that, that, that are always there but at times rise up and get stronger, rise up, and get bigger and rise up and the things of life, they pour into them like our troubles and our cares and our, our worries and they are constantly around us, but at times they will become boisterous and bigger and, and stronger and prouder and when they are, they can overwhelm us. Have you ever known anyone to drown under the oppression of the cares of this life? People go as far as to take their own lives. People go as far as to just to leave their homes, leave their families, and just walk away from everything and just run because they become overwhelmed. You know what David said? If it hadn't been the Lord, the waters would have overwhelmed our soul. That inside, I dare say David had some days that felt overwhelming when he's hiding in caves, sleeping on rocks, begging God to help him, looking for an answer, anointed the king of all Israel. Now here he is, running for his life, afraid for his life on every side. Those waters, sometimes they're overwhelming, they're tumultuous, they're dangerous. And the thing about those strong waters is this, if you were to find yourself in one, there are times where you, there's nothing you can do. You've got to just let go. That's what they told my friend, let go and just go with it. Float. Don't fight it until you find a safe place. We see a deceitful danger in verse number 7. He said this, Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. You do know that snares are meant to be hidden from the things they're trying to ensnare. They're deceitful, right? You might see a decoy. You might see a pile of corn near a tree stand somewhere. And it looks delicious. What that deer doesn't know is there someone watching that corn and waiting with a bowstring pulled back ready to go? Or there's a snare hidden there in the grass where it seems like a same path I've always walked and everything is fine. Or maybe if I go over there, it'll be okay. Or I go over here, it'll be all right. But what they don't know is there's a trap waiting over there. And there are deceitful, hidden traps all around us. You know that that's what the Bible says about the devil. It says we're not ignorant of his devices. Amen? It says that he is that he, he is snaring, he's like a roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. He is sneaky, he is the most subtle, the Bible said. He is deceitful. And what he's trying to do is he is setting dangers all around us, things that sometimes we don't even know are there. Amen. Somebody at work that the devil's planted there to be a temptation for you. Amen. Uh, some, something that's going to pop up on your screen to be a temptation for you. Something in your life that you're going to go by there and what you don't know is it's a snare. You know what the Bible said here? He, said, he, did not, he did not say this. He did not say that they do not get caught in the snares. Look at Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare. 
The snare is broken and we are escaped. Have you ever fallen into a snare in your life? I have. Have you ever fallen to temptation? Have you ever sinned when you shouldn't have? Have you ever gone back like a dog to its vomit, as Peter said? Have you ever done that? Something that you had victory over and that you know you got right with God, maybe you gave your heart to God and you did this, and then one day in a bad day, in a weak moment, you went right back to that same old sin and stuck your foot in a bear trap. You ever done that? I have. And can I tell you, I hate that. I hate it. Nothing makes me angrier at myself that when I go back to some silly temptation that I'd failed on before, amen. It's like, God, you'd think I'd be over this by now. You'd think I would have, I would have figured this out by now. But here I am walking down this path knowing that there are snares here and I've stuck my foot in one, God. God, I need help. You ever done that? You ever been caught in a snare? Like a bird caught by a fowler? We see here an explanation of the peril. It is a destructive danger. It's a drowning danger. It's a deceitful danger. When you think you're okay, and you think there's nothing to fear, and you think there's nothing wrong, suddenly you find yourself in a snare. But then we see David speaks of an exemplification of power. You know who's got no power in this chapter? David. David is overwhelmed by the water. He is overcome by his enemies, and he is captured by the snare. Israel is overcome by their enemies. They're overwhelmed by the proud waters, and they're caught in the snare. You and me, I can, I can honestly say today, I have, I have faced all three of these dangers. People who've risen up against me, and I didn't know what to do. The waters, if you will, the overwhelming flow of life that will just bear down on me, and I felt that I would be crushed under its pressure. I've fallen into the snare of temptation and I have looked down and I've seen where I was at and thought, how did I get here? What am I going to do? I'm going to be destroyed. But David said this, Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. He said our souls escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Who broke the snare? Well, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then men would have swallowed us up quick. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then the, the waters would have overwhelmed us. The streams would have gone over our soul. The proud waters would have gone over our soul. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then the snare of the fowlers when it caught us, we'd have been destroyed. We'd have been food for their teeth. But the Lord was on our side. The Lord is on our side. He is on our side. He wants what's good for you. He wants what's good for me. Psalm 25, 15, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for He shall pluck my feet out of the net. How am I going to get out of that net? How am I going to overcome this temptation? How am I going to get past these cares of life and these troubles that face me and the sorrow and the anger and the depression and those things? How am I going to overcome these things? Very simply, there's only one way that you can. The Lord. No medication will overcome the waters of the world. None of them. No self-help book 
will overcome the waters of the world. No episode of Oprah or Dr. Phil will overcome the waters of this world. The only thing that can lift you up out of the billowing, oppressing deeps is the God of heaven. Because He has the power. God has the power. Man has no power. I've got no power. God has all power. And the only one who can pull us out of the water, the only one who can save us from those enemies and keep us from being swallowed up and, and pull us out of those snares is God. He is the one. The only one. There is none else. There is none like Him. There is none in heaven but God. He is God. He is, he is the only one that has created the heavens. He's the only one who's created the earth. He is our rescuer. Amen. That He reaches down as the song said. When the Savior reached down for me, He had to reach way down for me because He's a rescuer. He's in the business of saving. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why I'm here. Amen. He said, I've not come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Amen. He is a rescuer. That's what He does. He reaches down into broken situations and He rescues those who are hurting. He reaches down into situations where Christians and sinners are, are, are caught up in sin and He rescues them out of that sin. That's what He does. He's a Savior. He's a great Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. He's a rescuer. He's our God. Not only is He a rescuer, but He's our refuge. Amen. Here's what David said about God. Psalm 56, 3, What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. In God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So, well, that's easy to say, but what about when your life's in danger? Amen. I believe David's life was in danger when he said that. He's looking at his situation, his life, and he sees that the king of his own country and all those people that he sat at dinner with and served in the military with, so many of them now were seeking to find him and kill him. You know what he said? I'll trust in God. I will trust in the Lord, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. He's our refuge. Proverbs 18.10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. You know what verse 8 says this? Our help is in what? The name of the Lord. What a lovely name. The name of Jesus. That even in a time of sorrow or suffering or fear, there's something about that name. There's been times when I've been afraid and times where I've been alone or times when I didn't know what to do and someone would just say that name. I'd be in church, you know, coming to church and you feel cold. Come to church and you feel dry and you don't know, you're just overwhelmed. Amen. And then somebody begins to talk about Jesus. And that name, it just has power. I mean, it is a strong name. It's a saving name. That name of Jesus, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. You know, that means that if I'll just put my trust in his name, there is no one that can get to me because I'm in the palm of his hand. He's a rescuer, He's our refuge, and He's ruler of all. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He rules the earth. 
which would swallow us up. He commands the waters which would overwhelm us. He created all of mankind who would destroy us. But He's on our side. He's on our side. So, Brother Paul, what, what about the direction our country is going in? Well, God's on our side. He's on my side. He's on your side. If you're saved and you're with Him, you're on the winning side. Amen. No matter that, y'all do know that the heathen have always raged, and you know that they're going to keep raging, and the devil's going to keep fighting. But if you're with God and you're on His side, you're on the right side. You're on the winning side. Even when things look dark and things look bleak, you're still on the right side. We know the end of the story. We know how it's all going to turn out. And can I tell you, one day it's going to turn out that our side wins. It is He who has declared the end from the beginning. It is He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are like grasshoppers. That's who we're talking about. The God who made the heaven and the earth. There's no water that's too strong for Him to reach down and pull you out. There's no man on earth that's too strong for him to step in and save you from them. There is no need that he can't fulfill. There's no snare that he can't break, no net that he can't cut. He is the God of heaven. He is the God of earth. He is the creator of all things. He is the ruler of all. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says this, For the Lord of your God is God of gods, Lord of lords, a great God a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Love you therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave. And swear by his name, he is thy praise, he is thy God, that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. He's the God of gods, Lord of lords. He's a great God, mighty and terrible. Say, terrible? Oh, yes. Just imagine what it's like to be on the other side. When God moves. The heathen rage. The wicked, they shout and they holler. And their whole method, the whole method of the heathen right now is whoever is the loudest is right. But one day a voice will speak out of heaven. One day a trump will sound. And when it does, and we're all gone, you know what they'll probably do? They'll probably rejoice that we're gone. Well, you know what? Don't miss any of them anyways, they'll say. But then, when the God, the great God, the mighty God, will become the terrible God. The God who judges, it says it right there, we just read it. He is the one who judges. He executeth judgment. And when He does, can I just tell you, I want to be on His side? Are you on His side? He's on your side. It's not His will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He did not come to condemn. He came to save that's why Corinthians 4, 7 says this, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know what that means? We don't have any power. I don't even want the power. You know what I would do with the power? Mess everything up. 
You know how I know? Because I do it without the power. Do you? Do you mess it up? Do you go, oh man, that was so dumb. Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why am I going there? Why am I here? It's my fault that I'm here, God. I deserve this. You ever been there? That's without the power. Imagine what would happen if you had the power. If I had the power. We'd be a mess. The excellency of the power, it's with God. It's not with us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. The Lord is on our side. If it hadn't been for Him, we could, we could stop right here for a minute and I could start calling out, Brother so-and-so, where would you be? Brother Tim, where would you be if not for the Lord? Where would Brother Joe be if not for the Lord? Where would Brooke be if not for the Lord? Can I tell you, I know I have nothing. And not just in my salvation and not just in being raised in church. And, and not, but I'm talking about yesterday. I'm talking about a week ago. I'm talking about this morning. If it wasn't for God, every time the waters rose up in my life, I tell you, I'd, I'd have given up a long time ago. If it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for the Lord, those snares, I, I put my foot in way too many snares to survive. It's like a fish you catch out of the water and you find a hook in his mouth. He got lucky. I, I, I ain't got lucky. I've just been blessed. That so many snares and so many waters and so many that would rise up against me that God is on my side. If it hadn't been for the Lord, I'd have been swallowed up quick. Thank you again for listening to the Calvary Road Baptist Church podcast. If you would like to learn more about our church in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, you can find the link to our website in the show notes to www.calvaryroadbaptistchurch.com. We're so thankful that you've taken the time to listen to today's sermon, and we hope that the Lord will use it to edify you in the faith. If you'd like to help spread the word about this podcast, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or by telling a friend. Thank you again, and have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.